Hello, and welcome to Rethinking Legal Ops, a podcast by Speed Legal. I'm Ashwari Saxena, and here we talk to legal experts, industry leaders, and innovators about the many ways that legal tech is transforming the way we practice law. episode is a little bit different uh, from our usual episodes. Uh, today we have uh, with us uh, Hans Paul, uh, the CEO and founder of Speed Legal. Um, really happy to have you here, Hans Paul. Um, and really excited. Um, Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, just saying I'm really excited to also learn um, a bit about, you know, your journey as an entrepreneur, uh, Speed Legal's journey, and to provide uh, a little bit of context for everyone listening as to why we uh why we decided to do a different type of episode today uh with you know the speed legal team it's because in the past few weeks we've been having a lot of conversations you know on linkedin and everything about uh mental health and you know managing the work-life balance you know like what businesses really are and some of my biggest takeaways from that personally were that you know all of work all of businesses they are ultimately people uh and so it's very important for all of us to start um seeing uh businesses as you know stories or you know work created by people and which is why we decided to um tell you a little bit about you know how um you know speed legal the people behind uh speed legal and uh, also answer your questions uh, that you sent us. Thanks for that, uh, by the way, about uh, legal tech um, as well as uh, Speed Legal. So thanks for being here today, uh, Hans Paul. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, Ashley, for organizing this and for having me today. Yeah, and uh, before we begin, uh, to remind all of you, um, you know, this podcast is sponsored by Speed Legal and Speed Legal Tech. Uh, Speed Legal is a San Francisco-based company. Uh, we help automate uh, contract review and analysis with uh, machine learning and deep learning. And Speed Legal Tech is um, an Italy-based uh, company. They are legal consultants, and they help optimize uh, legal operations and workflows with the application of right types of, uh, of legal tech. Um, so, I'm uh, really excited to jump in, and I have a good selection of uh, questions that a lot of you have sent me here. So, to just to just to get things started, uh, Hans Paul, tell us a little bit about how you became interested in this digital transformation of law and this integration of law with technology. Where did it all start for you? Thank you, Julia. Um, so, my background um, is finance and economics, and you may wonder how I, I came uh, into this world of legal tech. And the, the, the real reason is because um, since a young age, my parents are both consultant, consultants and I was helping them with contracts. And that part of the, the job was very tedious and time consuming. Um, so they were doing most of the, of, the, of the hard lifting, but I was still learning and helping them in small tax, tasks. And I saw that they were starting to hire more people to help them with that that specific uh, task of reviewing contracts, which is done by associates or juniors at uh, big law firms nowadays. Um, so I decided to, to find a better way. And I, I, I came to San Francisco in 2018. And that's where I met my co-founders. And I, we created Speed Legal. That's, that's awesome. And, um, and, and how, how young were you when you were working with your, with your parents? And what, when was, if you had to put a point in time where you realized that you, know, you had to start automating some of this manual legal work, uh, what would you say? Yeah, so I actually was pretty young. I start, 
since uh, high school I was the early on. And the automation part started a bit later when I was um, actually starting university and I, I started actually to get a bit of coding classes. And um, yeah, I started with some basic coding like VBA, which is um, Visual Basic Code. Um, and it's um, basically uh, used pretty much on Excel uh, and files. And I was automating some of the questions and answers as well that they got from clients. And uh, yeah, so that's that's where we where it started. And I came to San Francisco a bit later. Um, in the meantime, I actually worked for Amazon as a financial analyst. I saw that there is a lot of time spent in document creation reports for the uh, higher levels of management. And uh, after six months at Amazon, uh, they offered me to stay and. I actually um, I was excited because you know getting uh, getting an offer from a big company is always pretty exciting at the headquarters of Europe and uh, Middle East and, uh, and Asia, so EMEA, and um, yeah, so it was pretty exciting. But I decided to, that I wanted to do my thing, and therefore um, I, I started the, the entrepreneurial journey. Nice. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's a great segue into my next question as to what, what does it take to, you know, for, for you, like, uh, in particular, what did it take for you to just decide that I want to, you know, I, I don't want to you know, work, go work for like a big company. I want to start my own thing and uh, pursue my own passion and, and be an entrepreneur. Did that uh, decision take a while for you to come to or was that like one day you just woke up and you're like, nope, I'm just going to do my own thing? Um, actually, that, that started early on, it's difficult to say when it started. I actually have an event, a clear event in mind that for sure uh, somehow influenced my, 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 my next decisions and my, pa um, my, my, my past and at the time future, um, which is a, a small uh, book that um, I think my mother gifted to me or I chose. We were together at the library and I went to the personal growth section of the of the of the bookstore. It was not a library a bookstore, and uh, that that book was in Italian. Well, the title, uh, but it's fr from one of the, that's what he says is one of the best sales um, um, sales coaches and salespeople in in the U.S. and it's Jeffrey Gitomer, uh, Jeff Gitomer, and it's called I know the Italian name. <laughs> I'm not sure if it makes sense in English. Maybe they changed the name. In the, I mean, it's different, but basically it's uh, the small, the little book, the little red book of um, uh, of the successful salesman or something like that. Or it was like the 12.5, something 12.5 um, commandments of the, the successful salesman, something like that. So that, that's the book. I can actually Google it, but yeah, that was actually an event that I, I remind, I keep in mind actually. That's nice. So your your journey as an entrepreneur, it is about sort of your own personal growth and seeing yourself also grow with your company. Um, is, is, is that how you would put it? Um, sorry, I was Googling actually the name of the book. What, what's it? What's, can you say it again? Sorry. 
No, I was I was saying that's quite well put the the way you say it, you know, sort of uh, just, you know, thinking about personal growth and seeing yourself grow with, you know, something that you have created for yourself. And I was getting to my next question just along uh, that tangent um, is when from when you decided to start Street Legal up till now and then your vision for the future, what have been some of the biggest uh, growth growth areas and what are some of the things that you're you're most proud of and and then also what are some of the things that you're uh, looking you're most looking forward to for speed legal well things that i'm uh i think growth is a, is a, is the, what excites me the most about um everything in life and startup is just part of growth right is growth in, in either a service or a product or but that's just the means for, for growth growth itself is uh, improving uh, as a person but helping other people improve their lives so um that's what really excites me about what i'm doing and uh, and of course there is a personal level of that which is Sometimes it's you know meditation. Sometimes it's reading a book, uh, going to a conference and workshop and meeting interesting people. So um, of course, for sure, you know, reading was one of the early things I did to to um, yeah to, to find some shortcuts into into growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 for Speed Legal, what would be the what would be like the five if you had to define them or itemize them into five things? What have been uh, like the five major goals that you've uh, reached so far? And then what would be like uh, three or five, however many, what are some of the things that you're most looking forward to uh, with, with Speed Legal? The five goals reached so far, right? And the next five? Uh, yeah. Well, good question. For sure, the, there are several steps um, that, gives, that brings you to, um, you know, a successful startup, and then we can discuss about what's successful. But basically, for me, first first step, first objective accomplished is um, finding the right founder at the beginning. That was the first step when we started Speed Legal. Then the second thing is um, finding some people interested in what you're doing, which is at least having some customer discovery calls and some dive deeping, uh, deep diving into the problems and their pains. Uh, then for sure setting up a company and making creating all the legal things and putting everything on paper um raising your first uh getting your first check raising the first uh get the first you know angel investor which is not just friends and family uh someone from outside basically putting money uh and betting on you and the team and, and the market you're in and uh, and the fifth objective reached i think so far is paying clients which is uh the best. I mean, when, of course, someone values what you're doing, and uh, they are, you know, happy to help you because the product may not be 100% at the time. Um, that's that's the fifth uh, objective reached, I guess. That's awesome. And and so and when you when you're talking about all these like goals and you know like milestones, uh, you make it sound very easy that you know like you do this, then you do this, you do this, but then you know the, a lot of the work that goes in between these goals, it's long and long hours, it's just grueling work, making all those like calls with customers, uh, you know, trying to find uh, you know clients, getting people to believe in your idea. Um, how would you describe your journey through all of that and what are some of the things that that motivate you 
uh, to get through all of that? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, of course. Um, uh, it sounds easy, but as you said, it's uh, it's a lot of work. It's not just uh, um, it, as everything in life. It, it requires some a lot of dedication. And um, the, 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 where I found my motivation for that, uh, as I mentioned, growth. That's for sure one of my values. But in order to get a lot of energy and work done, you also need to recharge yourself into other areas of life, I believe. So, you know, in, ter in terms of, you know, taking risks in one area, area of, of, your of, of your life, let's say, let's say professional, um, you, you may want to have some stability in your personal life, for example, or in your, uh, you know, physical and mental um, health. So that's where I kind of try to um, foster and, um, yeah, some helpful habits. Great. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, just going off of that, uh, if you had to give um, one piece of advice to um, someone that's you know just beginning to think about you know their legal tech startup idea, uh, or just in general their their startup idea, what would uh, what would you tell them? Um, by the way, I found the name of the book. I need to say it because otherwise I'm unfocused. So it's the name. The name is the Little Red Book of Selling: Twelve Point Five Principles of Sales. Greatness, that's the English, I mean, the original version, I believe, published uh, on 2004. Anyways, uh, really recommend it. It tells you, like, from the beginning, get your domain, uh, you know, let's get it, and, you know, create your brand and stuff. And it's, it's very interesting. And sorry sorry to, to jump there. <laughs> but anyways, um, how, um, what I would recommend, uh, um, well, first of all, buy this book. <laughs> and and maybe read it, <laughs> um, but in terms of tips of people starting off, I think um, uh, one of the biggest obstacles um, I've seen um, in uh, in other people's uh, talking to other potential, I mean entrepreneurs and potential is actually uh, starting. A lot of people want to do it, but few people really take the first step, and so basically. Yeah, that's one of the most difficult parts, I think. There's always a reason not to start. Um, so yeah, that, that's for sure. It's, uh, yeah, try to, uh, you know, even if it's um, scary sometimes, um, that's the best thing you can do. Try it out. It will be not easy at the beginning, but that's the best learning. And, um, and, then, uh, and then the rest will align for sure. So, you know, I heard recently someone saying this, but, you know, being, being comfortable, comfortable of being uncomfortable, um, it's also very important. It's related to the first topic I mentioned, like getting out of your comfort zone and uh, making that like a habit or some, somehow, uh, you know, that's also something uh, really important at the beginning. And then, and then don't get discouraged, of course. Uh, it's a long run. It's a long-term game. It's a it's a marathon with a lot of sprints inside, and um, so I would say these three things are important. Like um, you know, get momentum. Um, potentially surround yourself with uh, other people who are um, you know willing to take this this journey with you, and then um, 
put your head down and don't look too much. Well, look up because you have to always look up and, and dream big. And that's the, the, the basic of all of this. But sometimes you don't need to, to, to look too much for every turn because it's enough to know where you're going next and then there will be the next turn. Uh, as long as you have the vision clear, of course. It's very, very well said, uh, and and yeah, definitely, uh, definitely very important to also, you know, come back to the point about like people surrounding yourself uh, with the right people and 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 being being persistent. Uh, thanks for sharing that. That's, that's very wise. Um, uh, my next question uh, to you, Paul, is a little bit more about when you know. Now, the legal industry it has a lot of different things that you know that could be optimized that could be. Um, made better with some sort of like tech uh, integration or some sort of tech solution. Uh, why, and you, you talked about how you got into illegal, legal tech, but in your case, how did you end up just picking contracts and not other parts uh, of legal work that could be uh, automated? Yeah, so uh, I, I started by talking to people and understanding their problems. I know what kinds. But I, of course, I wanted to find a, a market that was good for everyone. I mean, for more people, not just for my parents. Uh, so uh, I, I started to talk to different people, and I, we found that M&A legal due diligence was a specific uh, task done by you know, big law firms, usually, and consulting firms. It's, it takes a lot of time. Um, well, it takes a lot of time, but you don't have a lot of time because uh, you have a, a short window, and usually it takes long hours, long, late nights and junior, um, you know, um, attorneys or uh, professionals uh, being involved. And um, it's very manual and human intensive. So basically, the, the reason why we started this and we focus on this area is because we, again, talk to, to, to our potential clients and ask them and try to understand their problems. Awesome. And, and just the, the, the other question that I, I received from some of like the listeners was also about um, how is speed legal there now within like the contract space as well, there's different types of technologies that are applicable right now. One of the best known ones are CLM, contract lifecycle management. There's also automated contract drafting now to like, of course, a limited extent. There's, you know, companies that provide you just templates that help you with legal design. Uh, where does speed legal fit into all of this? And, and what exactly uh, are like, you know, some of the core functions that uh, speed legal does that differentiate it from all the other contract uh, automation technologies available right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, legal tech is getting more and more attention. Attention Investments in legal tech is uh, going 3x in the next couple of years. And the market is going to be, the AI software, legal software, is, uh, is going to go to basically from 13, 14 billions to 80 billions in the next five years. So uh, as we see growth, of course, of, you know, where money flows also, you know, there are new entrants and people flow. So um, we will see more and more potentially startup joining and more consolidation in this space. And uh, there are many solutions out there. And I try to keep, uh, you know, abreast and understand who are the top sons. Uh, but basically, as you said, you know, drafting solutions are a big, a big uh, chunk of those. Um, CLMs, and then I would say there are contract analytics, co uh, contract um, review automation on the contract review side. And of course there is e-signature, but I think it's, or it's nowadays it's almost a standard. It's not really, um, 
like the latest technology in legal tech. I think that's it's pretty uh, a standard one. So uh, how speed legal is different is because um, we really believe in the potential of improving the, pe- the way people understand risks and understand the contracts itself. Um, so we are starting by making the contract easier to understand, making them like uh, a table of content version and uh, a beautiful UI for, for your contracts uh, automatically created for you. So that's the first step. And then when you want to know the, the problems, we tell you what are the key risks within those contracts. And that's something that we want to offer in a matter of minutes instead of hours. And that's where makes what, what makes us different from uh, you know, potentially other solutions. Of course, there are solutions who are building something similar. And I, I believe this is more of a community rather than uh, you know, a, a competition place. And uh, there are other solutions, as you mentioned, CLMs and CMS, contract lifecycle management and content management systems, um, that are really focused from the drafting to the signature. And it's focused on collaboration, such as you know Malbec, uh, Ironclad, um, Spring CM acquired by DocuSign, um, you know Aptus, part of Conga, part of Aptus, and um, and other ones. Um, on the drafting side, we have companies like Pocket Low or Laoyo, who has been acquired by Clio, and Yosef um, Legal. They're like a bot for creating contracts. So several companies doing different things. On the contract um, review part, there may be others, uh, such as Kira, Luminancy, Brigade have been around for quite a while, um, as well as uh, you know smaller ones. But what really we really want to do with Speed Legal is make it very accessible to everyone. You don't need to have big big data sets or pay you know um, several thousand, you know. Ten thousands of dollars to to use a, a model uh, on your contracts. It should be as easy as uploading a contract from DocuSign. So, the idea of Speed Legal is making it easier for everyone to understand the risks and understand the contract uh, contents in, in a few seconds instead of hours. Great. Thanks. Thanks for explaining that. I appreciate it. And and the last point you mentioned, you know, like making it easier for everyone to understand contracts, and and also like you know, like the point about accessibility, and there are being different types of companies just within the contract review uh, and analytics space. Um, that's uh, you know, just like personally, for me, that's also you know, sort of what excited uh, me about just legal tech, uh, students, uh, this democratization of you know legal knowledge and empowering people to be able to handle their their documents um, on, on their own rather than, you know, having to go to the lawyer or, you know, or worse, just having to Google stuff, you know, just like uh, mm. very, very, uh, very last minute. Uh, and uh, brings me to my next question uh, just sent to us by another uh, listener. And that's more about uh, application of legal tech um, in um, you know judicial proceedings, and uh, you know which is like another branch, which it's not something that we've been uh, doing as much. We've been more on the transactional side of things, but there are legal tech tools that are being used um, in in the in the courts of law uh, all over the world. In the U.S., there are several uh, of them already in use. Um, Codex at Stanford is doing a lot of research into uh, how exactly legal tech can make court proceedings um, accessible for people and also not as cumbersome. Um, there's e-discovery tools that uh, are very, very uh, widespread and commonly used already. Uh, and the question was pertaining more to how can technology also help 
legal proceedings in India because in India we've got a huge judicial backlog, we've got a massive population, mm -hmm. and of course the courts are very overburdened. Uh, but there's always like this joke that if you start a property dispute today and you go and file um, a suit, uh, a petition in court, uh, maybe your great grandchildren uh, or your grandchildren. Whoa. Yeah, would uh, would be able to receive the benefits of it because it's not going to settle in your lifetime. Um, so the question is more pertaining to how you know legal tech tools can help with judicial proceedings in uh, in India. Um, so if you want, I can go ahead and take that, and then I can come back to you for for your views as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, just to very quickly uh, answer that question um, for you. Um, the there is a huge scope for application of legal tech uh, in the Indian market. First of all, like on the transactional side, India is a huge legal uh, processes outsourcing market. Lots of law firms in India um, do help with a lot of the due diligence work for you know UK law firms, US law firms, because law is taught in English and it's a common law uh, system. And on the side of the courts, the, there's a huge opportunity, but there is a lack of um, adoption of technology because I, I think we always joke about this, like lawyers are slower to adopt technology. And then when you talk about courts, it's, uh, it's even slower. But to highlight a few of the technologies that are there, in India right now, there's um, AI models that you know, some companies like Legal Mind, uh, iKanun, uh, they're using them to help predict the outcomes of a particular case, so you could make uh, more sort of thoughtful decisions about whether or not you want know, to embark on a case, or you know, if you're already in the middle of a case, you know, what could be some of your uh, trajectories, uh, what kind of decisions should you be making, uh, what kind of lawyer and what kind of expertise actually you should also be uh, talking to, just based on the different things covered. Um, and that could potentially come up in your case, and also other types of technologies that. Um, are helping with you know e-filing for example e-filing of different types of forms like the thousands and thousands of forms that go with just a simple petition um, your attorney's registration form your you know declarations uh your you know all, all of the other stuff that goes in with your petitions a lot of that is becoming uh, electronic in india so uh three things the first part is uh automating the filing system for petitions the second part predicting case outcomes uh, and of course the, the third part which is uh, finding the right types of resources to make the best arguments for your cases and that stuff is similar to Westlaw, iKanun uh, has uh, stuff like that, um, Indian lawyers are also, I mean there's Manupatra that's existed for a very very long time, it's a legal research uh, database so that's those were my thoughts on that, on that question as well. Um, if you, if you, if you, go ahead. Thank you for, you know, taking these questions and it's very, um, yeah, I mean, very impressed with the, the steps that I had that are being done this segment and um, the pain is very big here. I mean, waiting for such a long time to get an answer, it's, um, it's uh, it actually needs to be changed. changed. Absolutely. And just on that note, uh, you know, just the need for change and, uh, you know, the the sea of opportunities that we have to you know, create that change and legal tech being a very community driven uh, market and working together with all the other exciting technologies. Uh, we will conclude uh, our, our episode for today. Thanks to all the listeners for all your really interesting questions. I really enjoyed asking them. Uh, and thank you so much, Hans Paul, for your very insightful um, and your very, um, very comprehensive and helpful answers. Um, learned a lot today and I'm sure our listeners really enjoyed it too. 
thank you so much, Ashoya, for having me. It was a great pleasure um, talking to you today. And thank you for the listeners. Hopefully, um, you get inspired uh, to improve people's life on Libertech and more. Yeah, and uh, make sure to you know check out Hans Paul's profile. I know you've got an exciting announcement coming up for uh, you know talking more about uh, legal tech entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship in general. So today was just a teaser. Uh, you know, um, Hans Paul, you want to tell people more about uh, what you've got in the pipelines? Yeah, I mean we're uh, I'm I'm creating a podcast. Uh, we already had a couple of speakers. Uh, it's called From Zero to One, where we actually talk to other founders and we. Try to understand how they got from zero to even if they didn't get to one yet. Well, one is fine by each person, but basically we understand uh, all the learnings and all the, the way they got to into creating your, their own startup. Great! Really excited to see uh, the first uh, few episodes of that. Uh, do you have a date when you're releasing it, or should we keep it track? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully next week. We are looking forward uh, to do that the first week of June. So keep us. Um, we, we keep in the loop and hopefully, um, you know, have a look at uh, our, our social media. Okay. Uh, look out for Zero to One um, podcast with Hans Paul. Check out Speed Legal. Uh, we have a blog um, you know, we, where we post about similar topics that we talked about today, everything legal tech. Uh, check out Young Professionals in Legal Tech. It's a group of community of, you know, young um, professionals who are interested in a career in legal tech that we've created. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, stay tuned for more podcasts, every podcast episodes, every every Thursday uh, with Rethinking uh, Legal Ops. Uh, Thanks so much for joining today and uh, we'll sign off. The practice of law is changing and we're here for it. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of Rethinking Legal Ops. Follow us for more such insightful conversations about the transformative impact of legal tech. Also, follow Speed Legal and let us know in your comments and messages about how you leverage legal tech solutions to make your work more efficient. See you next time.